this here be a Once Upon a Time fan podcast mini-episode. So now, Captain, we're all ears. Take it away. Thank you very much, Quartermaster Juan Forth. This is another mini-sode. This is mini-sode number seven. This is the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. And it's an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. This is podcast number 206, and the show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 206. All right, uh, we are very excited to have uh, not only a Once Upon a Time fan, but a very talented person who also likes Star Wars, uh, Genevieve Miller. <laughs> Uh, on our show today. Uh, hi, Genevieve. How are you? Hi, Jeff and Colleen. Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, the first thing I do want to do is jump in and talk about a couple of different things, and then we'll kind of dive in uh, to Once Upon a Time. I had a chance, I had a chance to check out uh, Genevieve Unraveled. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, you've got a picture of Thor there, which Colleen would appreciate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was really neat that that just the part where it had the, your husband really kind of allowed you to be nerdy, and yeah. um, it, it, I mean I saw the really cool picture of uh, your family going as uh, Oz, and you know you were Dorothy. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. It was just really it was really neat that um, uh, you all can do uh, fun stuff together. I mean going out to Vozcast Rocks and all kinds of cool stuff. So. We're we're a we we as I say the family that nerds together stays together. We um <laughs> we are fans of all kinds of stuff: Star Wars and Star Trek and um, Marvel. You know, my husband loves to take the kids <clears throat> to the comic book store a couple times a month, and they all get to pick a comic book and um, they special order stuff. And <laughs> they um you know we love to dress up. Uh, for Halloween, one year we were all the Wizard of Oz. One mm. year we were um, all characters from Harry Potter. Mm. This year, three of us were Star Trek characters. One, and then um, my daughters decided to be different. Um, my middle daughter was Sally from um, Nightmare Before Christmas, mm -hmm. and then my youngest daughter was Ethel from I Love Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, I found a woman who sews who made um, the outfit that she, they wear at the candy factory. Oh, and nice. so she wore that, and I made her a little name tag that said Ethel, so mm. people would know who she was, oh, <laughs> and cute. she loved it. Yeah. But, We're all a little um, old school, too. I could. <laughs> we all like things from, you know, many years ago, I should say. We yeah. like I Love Lucy. We like the Partridge family. We like the Brady Bunch. You know, we introduced all those things to the kids in the last few years, so we're all... We're all sort of old school. You're doing it right. <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep it alive and, and exactly. that's cool. Um yeah. how did you get introduced to Once Upon a Time? Well, I um I was a I was a big fan of Lost and I have to admit that I was not on the Lost bandwagon right at the beginning. Mm. Um having little babies and I just didn't watch a whole lot of T V and then I was working on my first book, and my 
um, two of my brothers were making lost references and I was clueless. And so one of them said, look, you really have to watch it. You can watch it on Netflix. <laughs> and so um, I whipped through the first five seasons in like two months. And um, and then I was able to watch the sixth season live, which was torturous because yeah. <laughs> I was so used to watching it one right after the other, and then I had to wait a week. But um, I I want to say that I want to say that we were at a comic con, and I it was either my first or second comic con, and I was doing a book signing, and I had heard that once upon a time was um was in the near future and it was from some of the writers of lost and it was all fairy tales and i loved the idea of it mm -hmm. so i had to watch it you know the night that it premiered and i was hooked ever since i mean with that first sweeping music and prince charming on his horse and i just I, that was it for me i was i was hooked <laughs> <laughs> what uh what keeps you watching what keeps you engaged to once upon a time um, the characters mostly. I don't always love the way the plot's going, but I um, I watch it for the characters, and I keep thinking that you know something's going to happen, and I don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I want to see. Sometimes they do something that I'm not so sure about, like uh, Greg and Tamara. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I kind of call them the Nick, the Nikki and Paolo. There you uh, go. There time. you go. I see <laughs> exactly. somebody else. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, so I wasn't too crazy about that whole thing, but um, but I thought, you know, they can't be here forever. Right. <laughs> We're gonna this, there's something better in the future, and um, and I've really enjoyed um, most of of this season. So um, I just know that you know I just want to stick it out. I don't want to give up. Um, you know, for fear of missing out on something, I, I like to see things through to the end. Right. <laughs> so. Um, but the characters, most of all, um, I I really have loved the addition of Hook, mm -hmm. um, and I love I love Emma, I love Charming and Snow, um, uh, and I even love Regina, even though I hate her. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Rumpelstiltskin, I mean, you know, who doesn't love Rumpelstiltskin? And I, in fact, I've I've introduced the show to my kids. Sort of accidentally, um, they weren't watching it with me the whole time, <clears throat> but my middle child my um older daughter she's 10 she right after christmas broke both her wrists roller skating mm -hmm. <laughs> she yeah. fell in just the right way that she ended up with two casts on her arms and so she wasn't doing full days at school for a while and so we were home and you know she, we'd seen all the disney movies and <clears throat> she didn't want to watch star trek and so i said you know <laughs> do you do you want to watch once upon a time and see if you like it and she said yeah because she loves fairy tales she grew up you know loving all the princesses mm -hmm. and reading all the fairy tales when i was doing some of my research for the book she would sit with my kindle and read all the grim fairy tales so nice. um and she loved the pilot and she wanted to watch another one and so then when I, my other two kids came home from school and found out that she had been watching it they said that's not fair so, <laughs> <laughs> so we've um they've watched uh, up through, I believe, I think they just watched Good Form. Mm -hmm. um, wow. So, and I'm trying to like space them out now because you know they're going to catch up, and I want to preview them before they watch them. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um, there's been a few times I've had to fast forward a couple of things, but um, yeah. but they 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 really like it. They've become really engaged, and and they um, the first when they were watching the first season, you know, they would ask me, well, who's 
who's Dr. Whale? Mm -hmm. They haven't talked about him yet. And I'd say, I don't know, you're going to have to, you know, and so they have all their own (laughs) theories of who was who. So that was pretty fun. Well, he, yeah, he's he's a Wizard of Oz. I won't buy what they really said. All right, I I, I am with you. I <laughs> I saw the clues that they dropped in his episodes. Come on, absolutely. Yeah. What are yeah. you looking forward to uh, when it returns this Sunday? In Once Upon a Time, what you what mean? Are you, next Sunday? Next Sunday. Sorry, Not tomorrow. Yeah, I yeah, am yeah. curious to see what I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Oz, mm-hmm. with the Wicked Witch, with mm-hmm. um you know, flying monkeys and how they're tied in um, to the rest of the story. I'm curious as to how she's going to get to Storybrooke because I thought we were told Storybrooke wasn't going to exist, so I'm all confused about that. Um, I want to know how Hook gets to New York and Mm -hmm. and what everyone does in in, uh, the Enchanted Forest. I'm just really stumped as to what's going to happen next. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I like. I like not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> I like, you know, I like it when I have no idea what's happening because when it gets too predictable, it's um, it's not always as fun. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I like being surprised. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I did not see that whole year forward coming. That was a big surprise to me mm-hmm. at the end of the last episode. Yeah. Which I kind of like because Henry's getting awfully tall. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, he's, and I don't want him to go the way of Walt. So. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that would really be bad. <laughs> Plus, his voice is getting a little deeper and, you know, he's yeah. got to age a little bit. So, yeah, definitely. How would you have felt about uh, the the mid-season finale without that next year uh, tag at the end? I, I, I would have. Mm, let's see. I think I would have been fine with it either way. It it. And I know you've talked about this as well on your podcast, but it kind of felt like that was the end. Like they could have ended the show right there. You know, they go off. Nobody knows what happened. Um, I like that they gave us a little teaser, but, um, but it would, I would have liked it just as much if they hadn't done it. I don't think that it changed my view of what's happening. I mean, I really want to know how Hook gets there, but Mm -hmm. if that hadn't been there, I just would have been like, what's going to happen now? Mm -hmm. Right. It it was kind of like a free sample. It was like here, just a little bit, and then it's you get right, the rest. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amuse yeah. the amuse bouche before your three hour wait for dinner. Right, right. right. <laughs> Getting a little hungry, guys. <laughs> yeah, very, very. So it's it, one of the things about the hiatus that's been nice for me is that I have been watching it with my kids. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't miss the show quite as much because right. I've been reliving the whole thing. And and reliving is is part of the fun too, exposing somebody new uh, to it, and yeah. then you kind of remember all the little things like Rumpelstiltskin's him, really? Wow, would that, right. yeah. So, it's, and I'm uh, imagining your kids have really interesting insight that you might not have thought of just because it's a child's perspective. Oh, definitely, definitely. They come up with all kinds of stuff, and not anything that, of course, is in my head right now. But, um, but yeah, they. They, I hear them. I could see the wheels in their, you know, mm-hmm. their brain Aww. moving as they're seeing things, and um, and it's interesting too because I've been seeing more clues about who Peter Pan was as I'm rewatching it. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, that makes total sense, you yeah. know. Right. Well, well, let's talk about the knitted elephant in the room, shall we? <laughs> um, now we. Colleen is was kind of lured into knitting, and so I was exposed to it. 
because I had this really dumb guy thought that it was only <clears throat> older ladies uh, and and that kind of a thing. But but I've come to discover that it is huge and it is probably as big of any type of thing now. Uh, when did you first start knitting? I um, learned to knit when I was, uh, I think I was about 11. And my, um, I'm the oldest of four kids. I have three younger brothers. And my youngest brother was born when I was 12. And so when my mom was pregnant with him, she and I both learned to knit. Um, she also learned to crochet, which I still have not mastered, um, I will admit. But, um, you know, she was making lots of baby things, and then I made this giant blanket on the biggest needles you've ever seen, (laughs) and it took me probably, you know, six months to finish it. Um, And then after that, I started making, like, potholders for, you know, my family members and um, just little things. And then I stopped knitting when school started getting in the way and when I went to college, And I didn't pick up the needles again until I was pregnant with my son. He's 13 now, so that was 14 years ago. Hmm. Um, Another, I was teaching um, fourth grade at the time, and a fellow teacher who was also pregnant gave me a Martha Stewart baby magazine, of all things, um, as sort of a congratulations little thing. And it had patterns in there for a little hat and a little sweater and a little blanket. And I hadn't, I mean, it had been probably 10 or 15 years since I'd picked up needles. And so I thought, I'm going to do this. And I got the needles and I got the yarn and I, I didn't follow the directions uh. on how many to cast. Like I somehow missed the part of how many to cast on. I just knew how big the squares needed to be. And it was hilarious because when I finally went back and actually reread it, I had to unravel the entire thing uh-huh. and start over again, which, you know, was a good learning experience for me. And then once I made... I made a blanket for my son. I made a blanket for my sister-in-law's baby because she was pregnant at the same time. I made a sweater. Shortly after that, I started making hats, and I just sort of never stopped. I made little sweaters, Hmm. and then my daughters were born. And um, so, yeah, so my babies were the impetus for the second round um, of, you know, the resurgence of my knitting. (laughs) And when you started knitting again, you know, you said you'd made little potholders and blankets, which are pretty easy to do because they're squares. There's really not Mm -hmm. a lot to that. And then you started looking into hats and sweaters and things like that. Did you, you know, pick up a book? Did you go take a class? Did you just watch YouTube videos? How did you, how did you pick that back up? I, uh, I did it the hard way. Um, I, I read the pattern like the first hat that I made was knitted in the round. And so I, I had to figure out what, you know, I'd go, okay, I need to buy these circular needles. And so I bought the circular needles and I bought that and I just sort of figured it out um, by trial and error. I didn't, I don't know. This was, you know, back in 2000. Um, so I don't, I don't think I even realized that there would be, you know, videos anywhere mm-hmm. on how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um and so I just, yeah, I just sort of figured it out. I will say that I did a, I made a little pullover, a V-neck pullover for my son when he was about two, maybe a little less than two years old. And everything was going great. I did the sleeves, I did the body, and then I got to the V-neck and I don't know, I just was having some kind of block. I could not figure it out. And so we were on vacation and I brought it with me. We were up near Seattle 
and um, and I looked in the phone book, and I found a knitting shop, and I asked mm-hmm. my husband to drop me off there <laughs> for a few hours, mm-hmm. and I literally just said, "Can can I sit here and can I just ask for help?" And so they helped me. They helped me work that um, that V neck, and uh, and I finished it on the trip, and he was able to wear it before we went home. But um, yeah, I, I figured out that I needed help at that point, and and after that, you know, I would I would look up technique books. Um, I never really took another lesson, um, but I would go to people that I knew who knit, and I would ask for help. And then once I found Ravelry, I would um, I would look on there for techniques and tips because they have it's a huge website with a huge. Um, it's, they have message boards for everything. There's a once upon a time knit group. There's mm-hmm. a vampire group. There's a everything, and um, but there's also tips and techniques and um, you know there's all kinds of people there that have been knitting for longer than I have that are really helpful with you know things that just stump you. Nice. That's the plus of the internet. Yeah. Amongst yeah. all the negatives, uh, one of the pluses is. If you like something, there's probably a group or a website or something, a message board somewhere that people are facing the same thing as you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even a little uh, knitting shop up in Seattle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there, there, there are people out there to help. And that was going to be my next two questions is what would you tell somebody brand new to? And I think we covered that. And also uh, what to tell someone who has knitted in the past and wants to kind of restart what if they're stuck so i think we covered all that because it you know there's there's the etsy handmade kind of upcycling thing but there's something about knitting that i think is really at the core of creating with your hands getting some yarn and making something that's wearable practical and it really looks fun and cool so you know it's very therapeutic i find yeah but I also find that I don't have a whole lot of time to do it these days, too. So I hit a wall. So I, I think. Have... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think for me, I need to probably follow some of your tips and go look on Ravelry. I'm a member of Ravelry and mm-hmm. even the Once Upon a Time group. And I just, I don't go out there. I don't, I just, if I had more time, I would knit. But I, I think that the next step for me is probably going to be to go to a knit shop. That's a fantastic idea. So. Yeah, and a lot of times they, you know, the, the people that work there, either the the owner or maybe sometimes they even have people that come in that will sit, they'll be available for certain hours of the day mm-hmm. to have a lesson with you or to be there to answer your questions. I found that a lot of local knit shops here do that. And um, I've gone into buy yarn and I've seen people, you know, all sitting around a table sort of getting tips and asking when they need help. So, nice. Yeah. So... So you've actually written two books, correct? Or are there yes. more? Okay. So Just two. <laughs> the the first one was Vampire Knits. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously people are interested in not only knitting but Twilight and all that kind of thing. The the one thing I love about <clears throat> your your books, uh Vampire Knits and also Once Upon a Knit, is they're fun. There, there's Thank little you. things and fun pictures and uh, little quizzes along the way. That's helpful for me because it's not. <laughs> I wish the Bible had little pictures and little fun. Anyway, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But but it's just yeah. as you're as you're reading along, it's like fun fact about this, little mm-hmm. quiz about that, and and it's just that's what's really neat about it is it's not just 
what I would consider a kind of boring textbook about knitting is it's Thank fun you. and and the the designs are incredible and um but uh you know we were going through this book and I remember Colleen first started to flip through it and she goes oh my gosh look at this look at this check this out and I was going this is kind of beyond a a just a book about knitting or a book about finished designs it's helpful and all that but I'll, i'm sorry i'll let colleen talk well no i was gonna say <clears throat> i really enjoyed the the fact that there were pictures of multiple angles of the finished product because sometimes when you see you see just the one angle and you're like well, what does it look like in the back what is how am i supposed to do this i don't always see that but then um I'm not always looking at knit books either. Um, right. But I liked the the little fun little, you know, intros to the pattern. Um, the photos were great. And the patterns were amazing. And I like that you put it that, it's an, you know, it's an easy or an intermediate. One of those things, you know, it's it's helpful because it is one of those things you look at and you go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knit this. And if you don't have the skill level, you know, it's it can be a little intimidating. And I can, and I can see where it's frustrating. But you have all levels in there it seems like there's just you know super easier little slightly easier things and then gets more complex and they're absolutely i mean just oh my gosh one of my favorites is the siren shawl i think that's just absolutely stunning i mean the color the lace on the end i mean it's just it's it's gorgeous and i look at that and go okay that's something i need to aspire to and i do like <laughs> the fact that um your 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 patterns are not you know exact replicas um of maybe what they've worn in the movies but there are some that are very close and then other things that are just inspired by it um and then the right. other thing i noticed too is that in this particular book i like that you have little animals you can make mice and the dragon and then <laughs> um the the other thing you know i mean even hats I, the queen of hearts beret is fantastic um mm -hmm. <clears throat> the the apple uh, pot holder I mean, how cute mm -hmm. is that? It's just, it's amazing to me that there's just all sorts of things. And kudos on um, pulling in Elsa into this mm -hmm. for the snow vest. Mm -hmm. I saw that and I went, oh, I want to make that. I, I'm <laughs> obsessed with Elsa right now. But, um, but you know, you, you thought ahead and you've included not just Once Upon a Time from the show. You've also included other characters that are, you know, fairy tales and, and that still live in the same realm so to speak as as the ones we know from once upon a time right. so yeah thank you well i had um i had a lot of fun making both books um coming up with the intros for everything coming up with the way that the chapters are divided um coming up with um because i kind of wanted them to tell a little bit of a story in the vampire knits book it's very story kind of story driven it's you know the first chapter is if you're a human and you know, these things are sort of designed to protect you. And then the next thing is um, if you're just bitten. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. the final, you know, thing is if you're a vampire, you know, and you have this style. And, and we sort of did it like a story. Um, and while I was doing the research for vampire knits, I was reading all kinds of vampire stories from different countries and different lore and different superstitions and di just all kinds of different things. And I thought I want to incorporate these all this information that I found out and I want everyone else to know about it too. <laughs> so that's where I came up with the little tidbits and the quizzes and um, we even did a little fun thing about, you know, how to get blood out of yarn. <laughs> so <laughs> um uh and then with this one I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to 
uh, you know, I was reading all the all the grim fairy tales, and which some are, you know, not <laughs> Disney didn't tell the whole story right. with a lot of these fairy tales, and um, and I, you know, the, so many different versions have been written of the stories in in different languages, and um, and I just wanted to include all of those aspects um, in the book too, because um, while there's a lot of influence from Once Upon a Time, for sure. Um, there's also just a lot of influence with fairy tales in general. So it, it it's also helpful. There are pictures of how to set things up, mm-hmm. what it should look like, and I think you've really hit all sides. Not only is it is it beautifully photographed, you've got great folks with mm-hmm. you know showing it off, but you also have the fun work that you did. I know there was a lot of research. I know that you read all kinds of stuff and it took a lot of time, but I, I think with this, it, it is, it's kind of a full range book and, and you know, it's just, it's interesting to me and I don't knit. Um, but, but it's just, you know, thank you for taking the time to do that kind of research because well, there's just, there, there's not a lot of, of books like that. So, well, thank you. I, I'm really proud of it. And I think another thing, too, when, I have to say that the photographs were all done by a photographer hired by um, Pottercraft, who is my publisher. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked, I talked to my editor about what the, the whole style of the book was going to look like and what kind of um, models we might want and what kind of setting we would want them photographed in. Um, and so, unfortunately, I didn't get to be there for the, photo, you know, photography. Um, they all do that in New York, and I'm here in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we also, I got together with all my fellow designers who contributed to the book and said, okay, you know, they're going to take the pictures. What do you want to highlight in those photographs? You know, and so we would give them a, a list of a shot list, basically of okay, we want one from the front, we want one to show the detail in the back, maybe a close up of the, you know, the hearts and the crowns on the um, the beret. We want to show the tree pattern in the in the forest throw. Mm-hmm. Um, we want an up close of the the beans on the jack and the bean socks. You know, different things, and then um, they sort of set it up beforehand and took pictures of the garments. And we took pictures of the garments, and then they hired the models, and they took, did all the photography, and they took several different pictures of each one. And then I got to say, you know, I really love this one. Let's do this one. And that was all pretty pretty neat. And then they have some. They have a design team that works on making, just doing the whole overall style, the little flourishes on, you know, the little details on the titles of each of the patterns and. Um, you know, just all the details on the numbers and the details on all the um, openings of each chapter and mm. <clears throat> everything. Um, and I just, they, they did a really wonderful job in, in the style of the whole book. And I also wanted to make sure that in each pattern we gave everyone the information, not, you know, not just like a typical knitting book where you get the gauge and you get the materials and everything, but also what special skills you're going to need to know. So with the siren shawl, for example, you need to know how to do bubbles and you need to, you know, it's, you have to have a little bit of experience with lace and there's a specific stitch pattern. Um, other times if with my charming cardigan, you have to do a little bit of sewing. You have to know how to do a cable 
and you have to know how to make an I-cord um, so that somebody could just sort of look at it and glance at it real quick. And if they didn't know what one of those things is, they could go look at it. And we do have some of that information in the back of the book and in the um, index and in the glossary. But um, so that they could, you know, sort of glance at it and say, oh, this is something that maybe I need to work on some skills before I try it. Or, oh, I could totally do this. You know, no problem. Exactly. No, I was just looking, I'm, I'm thumbing through, you know, again, and I'm looking at some of these and, and you do, you have it very well laid out as to what needs to happen. And you do have all the information that you need. Um, your, the back of your book has some fantastic information on how to do these things and, you know, standard yarn weight system. I mean, that's, that's a lot of knitters know that stuff, but maybe someone who doesn't will realize that, oh, you know what, here's the weight for this, or here's the weight for that. Right. right types of, you know, needles, right sizes of needles and what's your, um, your gauge range, that sort of thing. So it's really kind of right. cool. And there's some stitches here I've never even heard of. So I'm, I'm kind of excited <laughs> about that. And I'm like, wow, check that out. I would not have known how to do. I don't, I've never heard of a magic loop and I have no idea what a kitchener stitch is. So it's kind right, of an interesting, right. you know, little unwrapping pearl stitches. I mean, that's a fantastic thing to, to know how to do. You know, um, there's all kinds of interesting things in here. So it's a, it's a very, very helpful, um, helpful, you know, little bit of information. And like I said, it's very nicely laid out. And yeah, some of this is really beyond where I am at. But I know a lot of people who this would be perfect for. And mm-hmm. they would, they would, you know, they'll just, they'll, they'll soar through this. Because I think, um, you know, it's just very well um, laid out. Thank you. If you are a Once Upon a Time fan... And maybe you don't draw, maybe you don't uh, have really creative skills that are kind of the normative. Pick this book up. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. Give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never knitted before, this could be a great introduction to something that maybe could could change your life. I mean, we've just been talking to Genevieve and it really kind of took her to a point where she's writing books. So obviously it's going to be different for you, but this is an opportunity to do something about a show that we all love and create something from with your hands. And uh, it's, it's really, I, I think it could be a great introduction to something that you could be really proud of and make things for other people, make things for yourself that, that, you know, when you wear it's like this is for me and there's little bags and stuff in there mm-hmm. to carry little oh. things. Oh yeah. So, I love the yeah. pumpkin for the Cinderella play set and I love the red riding hood basket. I mean, they're fantastic. I, I like the too that you've got things in here for everybody. You've got stuff for little girls, you've got stuff for men, you've got stuff that are general all purpose. The the throw is a good example of that. You've got gloves, um, you know, and even fingerless gloves. You've got hats and um, cute, fun little, you know, animal hats and then beautiful, gorgeous shawls and wraps and, and sweaters and things. So it's just, it's an all around all purpose for everybody. Thank you. We really tried to have something for, you know, almost everyone. I mean, there's a baby blanket and there's a men's sweater. There's a, uh, you know, the pullover um, that looks like chain mail mm-hmm. could be for, um, for boys or girls or women. Um, there's toys. I mean, we, there's a laptop bag, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, we tried to cover, I I just wanted something that would have something sort of for everybody. And it would, 
I think that it would be a good go-to for if you have people that you would like to knit gifts for, which I always do. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) No, I I think that's great. Now, Once Upon a Knit is available everywhere. Books are sold. Uh, I will have a, a, um, a link to Amazon as an affiliate link if you'd like to use that. Don't have to. Uh, it's once upon a time podcast.com slash once upon a knit. So if you'd like to use that small percentage of um, the, the cost will support our podcast. We really appreciate that. And it um, supports Genevieve too. <laughs> yes. In, in a larger <laughs> way, it certainly does. Right. Right. Uh, so Genevieve, anything else um, that, that you want to talk about? Are you going to do another book or are you going to kind of rest for a while? My husband would like me to rest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I have, I have like four books in my head right now, okay. and one of the this is one of the ways I work, which is probably I don't know, it's a little scattered, but um, you know, we watched it was pouring rain here last night, and mm-hmm. so uh, my husband pulled out Singing in the Rain, and mm-hmm. we all hunkered down and watched Singing in the Rain while we were in our blankets. And, um, and I watching this scene with, um, Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly, um, where they're doing the tongue twister. Yeah. And Donald O'Connor is wearing this wonderful green V neck pullover with, it's not a cable knit, but it's like a zigzag pattern. And uh-huh. I, you know, the first thing I think I just can't, like I'm obsessed with that sweater now. And I think I have to like, <laughs> figure out how to make that sweater. And, um, you know, I'll do things like that. I'll, I'll, you know, I, ha- I have, I could probably do at least four more books that, wow. you know, are, all the ideas are floating in my head and I'm constantly taking notes and writing things down and sketching things out and, you know, making compilations. And um, so I'm hoping to, in the future, do, you know, do at least another book or two in some respect. Um, but uh, I'm not sure when that will be. I just started going back to work um, recently, substitute teaching. <clears throat> and... um so that's been really fun to be in the classroom again. Um, so I don't know. I teach kids to knit um, at my daughter's school, um, which has been really fun. And I love it when a new person picks it up. Um, I have a lot of moms who keep saying, you know, I really want to sit down with you and have you teach me how to do this. Um, so, you know, but but then I see these commercials. This is kind of a tangent, but I see these commercials where they have, old women knitting mm-hmm. and it is so glaringly obvious to me and even to my daughters who also knit they're eight and ten that that woman is really not knitting <laughs> she really <laughs> has no idea what she's doing yep. they just gave a pair of needles to an old lady because there's still a faction of the world out there that thinks that knitting is just old ladies right and um you know, and, and by the way, neither one of my grandmothers knit. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it drives me crazy. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody really should, like, be a consultant uh, and teach people how to knit. Um, there's actually the the woman who designed the Once Upon a Baby blanket that they mm-hmm. use. And um, that I know you, you made one and I made one as well. Um, the designer of that actually came on set and taught... Um, granny how to knit so that she could do it on screen and actually really knit, not just be holding needles (laughs) and moving them back and forth. Um, 
So, you know, if I can figure out a way to do that for a living, <laughs> that'd be awesome. But I don't think that's going to actually happen. Um, but I do, you know, maybe in the next few years, if I can get all these ideas or at least, you know, one group of them with a theme, narrow it all down, I may, may be able to do that. And I've been really, really blessed and really lucky to work with some amazing designers um, in both books who have books of their own and who are just, you know, really, really talented women. Um, I did, uh, I was a part of the Knits for Nerds book mm. um, by Joan of Dark is mm. her knitting name. Um, she's a roller derby girl too. <laughs> anyway, wow. I did a Princess Leia <laughs> buns. Yeah. Nice. And actually, this is, this is where I get a little geeky. I did three versions of the hat. She asked for the buns and then I said, can I do a couple more versions? So I did a one that had the braid around her hair like she wore in Hoth, yep. mm-hmm. and one that had a bun on top and two braids that loop around like she's wearing in Bespin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then she's working on another one, um, and I did a, a Star Trek theme something that mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to talk about, but okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, but that that I think it's called Geek Knits or Geeky Knits, and that should be out probably later this year. Mm-hmm. But um, so. Yeah, so I've I've got lots of ideas. I've got two girls that dance all the time, and I've got some ballet sort of ideas. I've mm-hmm. got um, I'm a big fan of the old monster movies, yep. um, Frankenstein and Dracula and Hitchcock. Um, oh, oh, hello, <laughs> and uh, and the classic movies. So I've got all kinds of stuff. It's just a yeah. matter of yeah, yeah just, really focusing it all. So. Yeah. Well, oh, love all that. Um, two two things really fast. One is um, we interviewed Caitlin, who was that uh, baby blanket designer that oh, went right. to mm-hmm. went to the set and taught uh, Granny. And actually, she at her shop in Vancouver also taught Jenny to knit as well. Well, Jenny actually knew how to knit. Oh. I believe she said Jenny and Lana came in and J-Mo and she, the three of them were in there, but Jenny already knew how to okay. knit. And I think she taught Lana and J-Mo, but one of the two, I'm pretty sure she, she kind of started getting them interested in knitting as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So we do have parts of the cast and possibly the crew as well, listening to this podcast. Right. So here's the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Genevieve. <laughs> she has a fantastic book. Yep. She knits all kinds of things. If you need anything else, that look through her book, contact her. She would be more than happy to assist. So there you go. That's for you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right. So thanks so much for your time. I know you're very, very busy, and we really appreciate you uh, taking your time. Um, uh, to be interviewed for this fantastic book. And again, uh, best of luck uh, on the future. And and if you ever, ever, ever want to come back on our podcast and talk about anything else, you're certainly welcome. Oh, well, thank you very much, both of you, for your support and you're for right. asking me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks, All you right. too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. For our Once Upon a Time fan podcast mini episode. Or before I forget, please check out our website at onceuponatimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter, so be sure to follow us at OUAT Podcast. 
We're also on the Facebook at facebook.com slash O-U-A-T podcast. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. Big love to you. And hopefully the hiatus won't be as long as it feels. And if anyone's seen where Storybrook is, please let us know. It's not on our maps anymore. Seriously, can you point something? Are we getting warmer? If the... A little help, please. 